Hi, everyone. Before we get started with today's show, I wanted to let you know about something special that This Week in Salsa is doing. It is called the Zoom International Salsa Congress, and this is coming up. It's a completely online congress on April 25th. Now, you'll hear about this more on the show, and you'll be certainly hearing about it more if you join our Facebook page uh, for This Week in Salsa. But the way that this Congress works is we are raising money for frontline medical workers as well as Salsa instructors across the world. And by doing this, we are going to help produce more N95 masks, which are critical for healthcare workers as they battle the coronavirus crisis. And throughout the Congress, you'll be able to donate directly to different instructors that you appreciate, that you want to thank. Of course, they're put in a very difficult position with this coronavirus crisis as well, being essentially unable to work. So this Congress is completely online. You can check it out by going on Facebook to just search Zoom International Salsa Congress. Or if you join the This Week in Salsa Facebook page, you'll see a link to it on there as well. There's more information on the page. We have new workshop instructors confirming as we speak, but to give you a little taste of things that are coming, we have just confirmed with Neri Garcia. Neri Garcia is an amazing dancer. He's actually the, the first in so instructor for salsa that I modeled my dancing after because I watched this guy dance and he was just so incredible. The way that he spins, the way that he leads, he's very well known as one of the best leaders in our community of salsa people. So if you've never seen Neri dance, check him out on YouTube. The guy is just phenomenal. I am a huge fan and I'm so excited that he's gonna be teaching a spins workshop on April 25th as part of the Congress. So go on to Facebook, go on to the event for the Zoom International Salsa Congress, check it out. And we really look forward to seeing you there on April 25th. Whip. I got a fever. And the only prescription is more cowbell. So you know how to walk, you know how to dance. This is my dance space, your dance space. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of This Week in Salsa. I am your host, Rob Castellucci. I am joined by three wonderful and, in one case, beautiful guests mm -hmm. uh, this week. So thank you for joining us. First, uh, to start with our introductions, Andres Casado. So Andres and me go way back to the founding of the Gator Salsa Club, which is the UF organization that teaches salsa classes to the University of Florida community, as well as the wider Gainesville community. Uh, we met, I don't know how many years ago, it's got to be well over a decade at this point, Andres, but uh, we started this along with Frank for the Gator Salsa Club, and you were our president, our, our very first president, which seems like ages ago. Mm -hmm. uh, you dance all over the world. We're going to talk plenty about that. At this point, you are based in, uh, in Honolulu, so that's, that's awesome. Uh, how is everything in Hawaii on the island? What does quarantine look like? in Hawaii. Hey, so uh, I live um, pretty close to the, uh, to the big touristy area, and uh, that's taken a significant hit from uh, the mandates preventing like people from coming in and the, um, and the state legislation actually requesting that the president prevent tourists from coming. So the tourist area has taken a, a big hit. It's very quiet around here. Um, 
it's not completely quiet like you see in pictures of um, or videos of Italy or some places where they have a, a significant lockdown put in place. Yep. But it's uh, it's very slow. Got it. We also have on the uh, on the podcast here today is my friend Hong Kwan. Uh, so Hong and me, we met in San Francisco when we lived back over there. He was the resident DJ at uh, El Valenciano, so always spinning great tracks there when I was out dancing. I think that's where we first met. And Hong, you're, you're out in Philadelphia now, right? That's right. I moved here about two years ago. Uh, still miss the Bay Area, uh, but Philly is a pretty uh, cool town. I'm enjoying it here, and um, you know, it's got a totally different flavor. Um, I did grow up on the East Coast um, in the Boston area, so there was something oddly familiar yet oddly different about Philadelphia when I moved here. Um, but uh, it, it, so far, it's been good. Uh, me and my wife, uh, Nicole, are settling in, so, so we like it here. Were, were you part of the Boston salsa scene, or did you move out before you got into salsa? Um, I uh, like grew up in the Boston area as a kid and then um, went um, to school out of state, and then after, after college, moved to California. So my adult life and my salsa life started in California, um, but I would come back um, during Thanksgiving and uh, yeah, I'd be like, where are all the salsa parties? And so I would Google, um, Google on the internet to find, um, you know, who are the DJs, where are the parties? And uh, uh, I found one party in particular by um, my friend, a guy named Rob Suave, who's now a good friend of mine. Um, and um, started going there. It was at a party called Riles in Boston. Uh, a lot of the great dancers would, would show up there. Um, another party that I would go to was the Havana Club uh, with, uh, you know, Salsa Control, Johnny and Andres Giraldo, yep. great dancers. And, um, and uh, so that kind of, I, I would basically go back during like Thanksgiving and Christmas and, and hang out at the club with those people a couple people back in the day, um, Masakote, if you, if you guys remember, Ana Masakote and, and Joel Lassicod, um, Acha y Machete were hanging out, uh, Burju, before she became a, a shoe diva empire um, owner, um, was, was out in the clubs in, in the Boston area in those days. Yeah, I'm wondering with this connection now, if you know Frank Condori, he runs the Fuego y Candela social, and he's been in the Boston scene for close to 10 years I want to say do you do you know Frank we are we're Facebook friends but we don't really um, know each other in person or anything and okay. I haven't had a chance to, to hit up his event but it always looks pretty amazing so um, one of these I lived days. with him back in 2009 no kidding yeah long time ago yeah yeah he's he's like my Obi-Wan he's the guy who first taught me on two first taught me salsa way back in in Gainesville where we're we here so, yeah yeah, he's, he's great. Try to check out one of the Fuego Candela socials. He does a great job with those. Now, uh, lastly, I would be remiss if I did not invite and introduce our, our, fourth, uh, our fourth person here on the panel today, my lovely wife, Rosanna Lostra Castellucci. Uh, Rosanna, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself besides being married to me? <laughs> um, well, I'll tell you health-related stuff about myself. So I've been dancing since I was baby. I probably Allegedly. danced before I walked. There are photos to prove this okay. of me dancing with my cousin. Okay. Uh, but formally, formally, I started in 2007 when I was at USF as a college student. 
took some classes there with what was then known as the USF Salsa Club. It's changed names quite a few times. I'm not sure what they're calling it right now, um, but took classes there and just kind of do it for fun. And mm -hmm. then I met you and now it's become yeah. Yeah. more of a permanent well, yeah, plus it's not going away when you're married to me. It's going to keep <laughs> on coming back. Business aspect of sure, it now has sure. become part and, uh, and we we met through dancing, of course. Yeah. We met at a Tampa social. I tricked you into coming and being part of my TED talk, where I, yeah. I proposed to you during my salsa yeah. talk. And um, and I think you've you've danced with all three of us, right? Have you danced I with all? I believe I have. Okay, so so you can answer a very important question oh, here, which is <laughs> who who have you enjoyed dancing with the most? All equally big. What a PC. Everybody has been great. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, you really should be saying me because I'm the only one you can dance with right now in isolation. <laughs> you are the only one I can dance with right now. <laughs> uh, I could dance with Cheeky. Uh, yeah, I could not dance with Cheeky. This is our dog. She bites me. In fact, if you can see that, that was from yesterday. This is him showing that. everybody but like, video. Yeah, so she, she bites me every few days. I can't dance with this dog. <laughs> anyway, perfect. So now we all know each other. Let's, uh, let's get into the rundown here. And for those of you who are joining us for the first time, we have a document. We go through some of the week's top stories, both in Latin dancing as well as in life. And in this case, that tends to revolve a lot around, around COVID-19, of course. And perhaps one last thing I should introduce with Rosanna with respect to everything going on here is that you are a medical doctor, correct? I am. Yes, I am. So I am not able to stay at home. So I've been yeah. going to work and uh, doing clinic in addition to doing a lot of telemedicine. Good. Too. So if, if questions come up about the medical aspect, we'll defer to you, though none of us are, are giving professional medical advice here on this podcast, but <laughs> this at least you can, can give some, some general guidance. So, so I wanted to start out, guys, with this. Obviously, no one can dance. No one can dance in the way that we are used to dancing, which is going to classes, going to socials, going to congresses. And we're starting to see, I, I'm starting to see some cool things bubble up online. So I'm seeing online classes. I'm seeing online events. And I want to talk about that a little bit. First, I want to talk, and, and Hong, I missed this in the intro, but I want to talk about something that, that you've been doing here for a while now, since the first week, I think, of, of proper quarantine shelter in place, which is Kobe Party. Uh, and, and can you tell us a little bit more about what that is and, and how it started this origin story? I'm really curious to hear about it. Sure. Um, so you know, for a while now, you've seen DJs uh, experimenting, dipping their toes into live streaming. So uh, sometimes you'll uh, go through your Facebook feed, um, or if you're on Instagram, you'll see people on Insta or um, on YouTube. Um, and if you're um, younger than me, you're probably on Twitch or, or some, of the, uh, some of the other live streaming platforms. Um, but, you know, people are finding that uh, these, these new tools allow pretty easily uh, for pretty high quality uh, digital streaming of, of a DJ set. And um, when, I, when I started early in my DJ career, I was live streaming um, over an, an audio only platform called Mixler, which, which still exists. Um, but, um, and it has some features that 
now you can find in Facebook Live and, and some of the other streaming platforms. But um, what was cool about it is it's not just about um, playing the music um, to like kind of a, a void where you have no idea what's going on, like, you know, like the radio. Um, instead, you have people tuned in. It's like a musical chat room. And so uh, people, your, your friends, your fans, um, and even random strangers can just wander in and, and start listening. So this was something um, that I think has been around uh, for, for some years now, but with the, the combination of um, COVID-19 and um, the technology finally catching up to the point where everyone has a phone or you know, an internet connection that's um, kind of robust enough to do live streaming, it, it, it caused for an explosion of stuff. So uh, there was one night where I, um, I was sitting at home thinking like, oh, this is like my second day working from home. This is, uh, uh, this is fun and all, but I can see very quickly it's going to get boring and frustrating. And um, I can't go out dancing. I can't go out to listen to music. I can't even go out to, to have a drink at a bar or anything like that. Um, I wonder how all my other friends are doing. And as it happens, a lot of my friends are DJs, um, as you might imagine, um, certainly on Facebook. And so um, I uh, logged on to Facebook one day and uh, one of my friends said, hey, I'm going to be playing a live set at 7 p.m. Um, and then there was a hashtag, Kobe Party. I was like, what is Kobe Party? Sounds interesting, weird, whatever. Um, but the, the idea that he was gonna stream at a, at, a, at a scheduled time was kind of intriguing to me since I had experience with um, having my own online streaming show. So I said, to this guy, um, Salsa Jim, who's uh, uh, one of my DJ friends up in uh, Canada, in Ottawa. I said, hey, this sounds like a cool idea. Um, I was thinking of doing something similar. He says, why don't you join us? Like, let's, let's just, uh, you know, pl uh, play after one another. Um, so I went over to his video at that time. And um, what had happened was uh, there was like a Google Doc going around where, where um, those of those DJs uh, that we knew kind of mutually were just like signing up for slots saying, all right, J Jim, you go first. And then, then uh, Sean, you're going to go. And then Rob's going to go, et cetera. Um, but it was all very organic and kind of just, you know, um, from the ground up uh, people figuring out how to, you know, create a, a little online audience for each other. And at first it was just the DJs. We, we, we were just kind of bored. It's like, uh, why don't you play a set and then I'll play a set and then he'll play a set and we would just jump from each other's Facebook live videos. Um, that was like the very first day and then we're like that's cool and you know we had like maybe four or five hours of music and that was it. So the next day we're like hmm why don't we do that again and as it turned out there was actually two tracks of, of DJs. There was the Europe track and then there was the US track and for part of the day it overlapped and um, part of the day it was completely empty. And so I was like, okay, that's weird. Um, you know, there's gonna be a European DJ playing at the same time as the American DJ is playing. I'm like, why would we wanna separate the audience, so to speak? Um, if like the goal is to have people you know, jump from, from room to room and, and listen to musicians. So um, I had the idea of like, well, why don't we just create a Facebook group and, and that way um, there will be a little more structure around this. Um, and then, so Jim, who is uh, one of the, the early people I was interacting with, and then this guy, Ricardo Linnell, 
from Portland, um, who is my other uh, salsa DJ friend over um, that um, I knew in the initial kind of going, we, we started to get more organized around this. We started to get more organized around the signups, around the Facebook, um, Facebook group. And before we knew it, there was like maybe like a, a thousand people in the Facebook group in like the first day or so, day or something like that. So we're like, oh, okay, um, there's something going on here. And then um, we got connected to the, the, the two guys who had originated the hashtag, um, a guy I actually knew from, from DJs and international events named Dimitri uh, Matalka, and then the, the originator of the idea of Kobe Party, a guy named Xander Cage. And um, we, we pulled them into the group. And then before you knew it, we were off to the races. And now we're doing 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Wow. Yeah. The... <laughs> So what, what's, what's interesting about this to me is necessity breeds these ideas, right? We are put in these situations and because of them, we're coming up with these ideas that would, we probably wouldn't have come across for months or years in the future. And what I found to be particularly interesting and beneficial is I listen to these, uh, these different DJ sets. And usually when I'm listening to these quality of DJs playing live music, I am dancing. So what I'm not doing is I'm not remembering the songs that they played and I'm not putting on Soundhound or Shazam to figure out what those songs are. But here in the comfort of my own home, I listen to sets and, and maybe DJs hate this. I don't know if, if this is something that is frowned upon or not, but like I'm, I am Shazamming these and I'm finding songs that I had never heard of before that are fantastic that I'm putting into my playlist. So as far as Latin music discovery, this is my heyday. I'm, I'm finding so many new songs that I love that are like that Congress kind of music that is really tough for me to find regularly on Spotify or through these other methods. So, so that's, been, that's been one benefit I've really seen from this besides the, obviously the community has been really nice and seeing other people commenting and Facebook does a nice job with the interactive buttons. Um, uh, Andres, I'm curious what, what your thoughts are on, uh, on the Kobe party and have you participated in this? I have to confess that you, you can still hear me, right? I can't tell. Yeah, yeah. I have to confess that I did not know about it until uh, when Honk started talking about it. So I was trying to like look it up here, but that's why I was like, <laughs> looking at my phone and stuff. But uh, it sounds fantastic. And I completely agree with your, um, uh, your notion that the necessity breeds these new ideas. And when you get a bunch of people from around the world, and back to Hong's point, the fact that we now have the technology to bring together ideas from uh, people who live all over the world uh, makes us kind of advance these things uh, much faster. So uh, I, I, didn't, I didn't catch the timeline on how long it took from like you guys just playing around with the idea to all of a sudden having 24 seven uh, broadcasting music, but I'm sure it happened at lightning speed compared to anything that, that we would have thought about uh, 20, even 10, five years ago. Um, yeah. What is the timeline on that? Um, sorry. Um, repeat the question. How like long did it go from like the, the birth of these ideas where you're streaming live music as DJs to, to this 24 seven kind of, uh, gathering? Um, so it, it, it started again, like I said, in the first couple of days, we had this confusion between the, the Europe sets and um, the US sets. And I said, well, why would we want to do that? And then there was um, also the, the Europe sets were one hour each and the uh, US sets were 45 minutes. And 
it, it didn't really line up and I'm like, this is gonna be a nightmare for scheduling. Why don't we just create one unified 24 hour schedule? And so it took a while, but I think by the end of the second week, we hit our first full um, allocation of 24 DJs playing. Okay. Um, so it's all dependent on, on DJs signing up. So um, they reach out to us and say, I wanna play. And in fact, it used to be a complete free-for-all where everyone was just editing the same Google Doc. And as you can imagine, that became a big mess. Um, so um, we, 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 we used some, again, freely available technology in Google Forms uh, to try to put some organization around it and some predictability as far as what um, information people will provide. And yeah, like uh, it might have been not the end of sec the second week. It might have been the middle of the second week where we got our first 24-hour day. Um, and then like this weekend, we've, we've come off on basically uh, something like 72, 73 straight hours of salsa. Like yeah. so um, there's DJs from all over the world. Literally, um, it, it follows the sun from Europe, the United States to, um, to Asia, um, Australia, and then, and then starts all over again. Um, in the middle of the week, we, we have a few slow hours um, where we're still trying to build up our audience in um, like Australia and, um, and uh, Asia, but um, I I'm pretty confident that as this thing continues to go, we're gonna continue to, to get to the point where then those communities will, will join up and, um, and start to be part of this, this thing. And then we will truly have a 24 hour um, thing going on. Right, what, what, what jumps out at me and what, what speaks to me is this fear I have that because we are not engaging in the same usual practices we have with Latin dancing, that when we get back to normal, it won't be normal. But things like Kobe party make me feel like there's hope, right? That, that th this idea that there's music playing, salsa music playing 24 seven, no matter what time of the day, where you are, it's playing. It just, it's one of those reassuring little things that, that make me feel like, you know what, everything's gonna be okay once this crisis is over, once this pandemic is over and things get, get back to normal. It helps maintain that normalcy a little bit in, in my mind. So that's, it's really great, man. I, I think it's awesome what you and all the rest of the DJs are, are doing. Uh, keep it up and, and we'll actually talk a little bit more about, about that a little later in the show, but I do wanna move on. And I will move on to something else online that just came up the other day from our, uh, our guest, Salil. Salil, if you listened to last week's show, was on the show with us. And uh, just a couple days ago, I saw this pop up on Facebook. I didn't know that he was doing this, but him and probably a few other folks too, they set up this, this group. It's called the Interactive While, wait, Interactive Dancing While Social Distancing Facebook group. And the, the concept here is that they're doing two sessions a week, one on Sunday, one on Wednesday. The Sunday session is like a group teaching session. The Wednesday session is more of a, a tar they call it a targeted learning session. They're talking about connection to the music. Uh, they're gonna go over salsa history. They're gonna do all this through Zoom. And I, I found it to be an interesting concept. Again, it's something that we wouldn't have really tried until we were put in this situation. Rosanna, what are your thoughts on this? Do you think that a social distancing while Zooming can work for learning salsa in, uh, in maybe partners and individual dancing and history and musicality? What, what do you think? 
I mean, I think this leads to a great opportunity for people learning more about the history and the municipality that they wouldn't otherwise, because I feel, especially when we've gone to Congress, this is all about like, let me learn this turn pattern, let me dance, let me find people to dance, let me connect with people. When you see sessions that are like, oh, learn about the history of salsa, there may be maybe a handful of people at those sessions. I remember we did a Congress up in New York where we went to that session and we found that it was super insightful and informational and we gathered a lot from it, but there weren't that many people there. So I think particularly for that aspect, it's great. Um, and I think for working on shines, which I myself like hate shines at times and I'm like, I don't want to shine, but yeah. it's a great opportunity to also work on those shines. Yeah. I don't know so much about the partner work unless, you know, you're quarantined with your significant other. Yeah, that's going to be the clunky part. If you're trying to do partner but, work and you're individual and, and you're trying to team that up with yeah. someone else in a different area, that, that's going to be challenging. What, what do you guys think? Well, the, uh, <clears throat> I, I completely understand, Rosanna, what you're saying about these congresses. And as soon as they hold a uh, musicality class or a, a fundamentals of fundamentals of on two, fundamentals of timing, anything like that, uh, people kind of scurry away because they just want to, they're there and they feel like they just want to move around. Uh, and that's what they're paying um, to get out of these workshops. Um, I always uh, get drawn to them and it didn't take me until like 10 years until I could really start absorbing some of the timing and some of the musicality things and uh, the breakup of music. And, um, and so now jumping from being able to go to congresses and now where you are forced to sit at home Right? And people are like, okay, well, I guess I have to kind of sit here and do these things. And, um, and uh, our company actually has done these, um, these Shines class. And we're saying, we're doing just what you guys are saying is that we have to focus on Shines. So we have all these, syllab these syllabuses for the, uh, the classes that we have. And we've had to restructure them so that we could just teach footwork because most of our students are at home alone. Right, right. And, and Andres, speaking of that, so, so y'all are doing online classes with, it's Infinity Movement Studios, the one out there in Honolulu. And you mentioned in the beginning how devastating this has been to the tourism industry in Honolulu. Like what, what is it looking like for that studio in particular? What kind of challenges are they facing? Well, uh, you know, health, fitness studios, dance studios, um, really do take the brunt of the inability to get close to people and interact with people. So uh, prior to having like government mandates uh, completely shut us down as a non-essential business, um, we took, we took um, two layers of steps. The first one was um, probably a couple weeks before we, were, we completely shut down is that we limited our classes to uh, 10 people in classes and we stopped doing partner work in classes. So there was, only only footwork and so people had enough space to to move around and stuff without running into each other and then the second layer that we took was we basically just stopped we closed the studio and and had people uh had people come in only online and so we had to quickly ramp up our our ability to learn how to use zoom how to like get a bunch of people on the system without it taking too much time uh, find the proper technology so you can have like a clear picture. You don't want to have like my Acer uh, $200 laptop camera like trying to broadcast this intricate footwork because that just doesn't work, right? So right now you're watching me on my GoPro and I have it going through some uh, some 
something called a capture card just so I can get a, a clear image across. Uh, Got it. Yeah. So yeah, so we took the steps uh, uh, just like anybody and we saw this dip in, in customers and now we're starting to see a slow ramp up, but it's, it's not quite where we were. Yeah. Well, Hong, what about you in, in the Philly area? Have you followed what any of the studios in your area have been doing? Have you found a similar story to what Andres is talking about in Honolulu, different otherwise? Um, I, I would say um, without, you know, um, having a direct tie to all of the dance studios in the area. Um, I've definitely seen some of the teachers uh, start to figure out how to teach online. Um, there is kind of a learning curve and um, the need to adapt how you teach and to figure out the technology. Um, um, some people are using Zoom, so it's more of a two-way conversation, but I've seen um, a fair amount of people who are just using Facebook Live and so it's it's not quite the same because you can't see like for example what someone's doing and, and give them a correction for example um so i can see how um that's challenging it just it kind of depends on on what you're going for um i just happened to uh pass by in my facebook news feed today um carel flores was teaching a free introductory uh class and i think she was topping out at something like 800 simultaneous viewers. Obviously, wow. it's a lot harder to um, do a Zoom with 800 people. I, I think their maximum is more like 50 or 100. I, I have no idea what would happen if you tried to get 750 people. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. uh, we, we researched that, I can tell you. They would shut you down. You, you, you have to pay the bucks. Yeah. yeah. And, and they actually get pretty expensive pretty fast with Zoom, which I'm not crazy about their business model. You think like, it, the, the thing with Zoom is, you put in, I think it's like a 50 or 100 person cap and you pay 40 bucks a month. But if you go to uh, 500 people, it's not linear. Like you, you actually are paying more per person for 500 than you mm -hmm. would for 100, which doesn't really make sense in my mind, but Zoom is the hottest thing going. So they can, I guess, charge whatever they want at this point that's within reason. But yeah, it's, it's not a linear pricing model that they that they are seeming to be using. So you get into like Carol Flores territory with 500 to a thousand viewers, you'd be paying like 350 to 500 bucks a month for being able to handle that bandwidth, which is kind of crazy. That's right. And, and, and it's not, into, even though I, I do see a, a place for this, um, like once everything returns to normal, um, you know, all the teachers will, will have to make that decision. Like, do I just forget about what just happened for the last couple of months? And return to the analog world of teaching in, in my studio and paying rent and you know whatever whatever is required or do I switch to um, either an all digital or like a hybrid model um, because there there are definite advantages you, if you don't have to get out of your your house to teach you know hundreds of people sometimes all over the world right that that's actually something very persuasive and exciting but I still think what we need to figure out is what are the models that will like really scalably support that, you know, so it doesn't feel like um, everything you click on in on Facebook or on Twitter or Instagram is, is basically some sort of paid webinar or something like that. Um, that can, that can seem annoying. Right. So um, we'll, we'll have to get to a point where like to some, to some extent it might be about like lead generation, how do you get people to your to your physical 
class or your physical, whatever your physical good is, so to speak. Um, and then um, some of it actually evolving to a, a digital model where you pay online, you attend online, everything is 100% online. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you, you're going to see hedging moving forward because we don't know when this pandemic's going to end. So even when Trump says everything's fine and we start, he's saying, go out, do things, be social. We're going to have to hedge those bets and the successful studios are going to come up with models where next flu season, if this comes back, they will not lose all of their revenue or majority of their revenue if that happens. And I, I have seen plenty in the past of a video catalog that you can go into and you can learn from those videos. I have not seen much of that plus live, right? Like I've seen the videos and then I, now I'm seeing the live, but I haven't seen much of the two, like a, like a dance dojo is what comes to mind where they have a very robust video set that you can learn from. But to my knowledge, maybe I'm, I'm mistaken here, but they don't have something I can go into live. I think that's going to be the new successful model is something uh, I have access to all the videos. I can do my learning asynchronously and then I can log into a group session when I want to that reinforces things that gives targeted learning towards where I'm struggling. Because right now in the, even the in-person classes, there isn't a whole lot of that targeted learning unless you're doing private classes. Yeah. I mean, there, there's the, the reason why live works and this is why live TV works and full disclosure, I work for uh, Comcast, which is a, a large telecommunications <laughs> and media conglomerate. Um, but, you know, people watch live TV, right? Because there's something you get out of being there with other people in the mm -hmm. moment that you don't get out of watching stuff on demand. Now, that watching stuff on demand is great because we're all busy and um, we can't always get to the live event. Um, but um, things have changed in that now you, didn't have, you don't have to be in front of your TV set to get to the live event, you could be like you know, standing in line at the bank, or you could be in your car, hopefully not driving, <laughs> in the past, <laughs> participating in a live event, or you could be literally at a club, <laughs> or like at someone else's dance class, watching someone else's live, or at the gym. So, um, so the te the technology has transformed what it means to participate in live events, and so um, I think um, people will figure it out, and it's gonna um, these these things that were a little clunky in the past, like the kind of subscription dance uh, lessons on demand like that you're talking about, um, kind of an older model, but I think it will combine with, with live. And so um, people will create um, new digital relationships with their, their favorite dance teachers, even their favorite DJs, um, and be able to connect to them. I mean, I, I foresee a world where, where there will be a, I mean, maybe there already is like a Carol Flores app or something like that, like Carol Flores World, or you know, DJ. <laughs> Sounds a little bit too much like the Kardashian mile. I don't know. I don't know but, if I like that. Only you know, um, DJ Hong will have his own app um, when you want to tune into DJ Hong set, yep. um, or 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 catch one of his um, kind of offline on-demand set. So yep. the technology has changed and it's gotten to the point now. We just need pe some people to, to pull it all together. Right. Um, and, and, and I think people though, you know, things like online payment have never been easier, right? With yeah. Apple Pay, Venmo, WePay, right. whatever it is. Right. Uh, you, can, you can just drop a dollar or $5 or whatever it is mm -hmm. and get access to that content. Well, 
the, the last thing we'll talk about with new models and trying new things is something that me and Rosanna over the past week have been working on and we just made public today was what we are calling the first annual Zoom International yeah, Salsa Congress. Oh yeah, well, but it is the first annual salsa. and we don't know if we're doing it annually or <laughs> if we're doing it monthly, depending on how long this whole thing lasts. But uh, we, we were talking about this the other day. It actually, I got an email from Product Hunt. I, Hong, I don't know if you follow Product Hunt, but I get these daily emails from Product Hunt and they're talking about the top trending products. And, and one of the top trending products was this, uh, it's called Tame, Tame Events. Basically they do like online events. And with all of these events being canceled, a lot of them are starting to say, okay, how can we move our experiences online? And that's where it occurred to us like, wait a sec, all these salsa congresses are getting canceled. Why can't we do something online that represents as much of that, that Congress experience as we can get? And so we, we launched that. And the, the idea with it is it's going to happen uh, April 25th, and we are going to have workshops throughout the day. So starting at 8 in the morning until 8 at night, uh, we're going to have different... I think we're going to do 7 to 7. That's still in the session. Well, whenever the time is, uh, we're going to have those sessions, and we're going to have salsa instructors from around the world who are going to give their workshop lessons online through Zoom. And we're going to give them donation links so that they can go in and as they're teaching, people who appreciate their services can donate to them, making a bit of a fundraiser there. Uh, we're also, we wanted to do something to benefit the medical community too. So maybe you can talk a little bit about what we're doing there. Yeah. So I think one of the challenges that I've been facing is having lack of protective medical equipment. And I've been trying to do a lot to help with this. And I think a few weeks back, I was talking to one of my friends and the idea of 3D printing came along. So we started um, recruiting some people and we started doing 3D face shields. And then now it's gotten to 3D N95 masks. Wow. And then one of the challenges that we've encountered with the 3D printing is that it takes time and it's slow. <laughs> and uh, the pandemic does not take time. It's kind of continuing to rise upon us. So we're needing to kind of escalate um, this. So then we're looking for plastic and silicone companies to be able to make some of these masks off of the 3D molds that we do. So we started a GoFundMe account. And then as we were talking about the Salsa Congress idea, we figured that we could also charge uh, entry fee or registration fee, and then use those funds to um, help with the GoFundMe me account that we have going on in order to help increase the production of the N95 masks. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and and so we're we're doing this event, and then the the last thing that's a bit of a wild card to be completely transparent. We we've got uh, we've got five booked uh, instructors so far. It's I hope I don't forget one. It's Neri Garcia. We have uh, uh, Shaka Brown, who I'm really excited for. Shaka's great. Uh, Jose Serrano. Serrano. Uh, we also have uh, Marcin Tokarczyk, who has an awesome YouTube channel. I don't know if you've seen Crombo Dance. I, I follow his YouTube channel. He has great shines. And, and the Tampa guy, Jay. Oh, Jay, Jay Phillips mm -hmm. as well. So we have five so far, and we're, we're going to be reaching out to more and booking up the full day of workshops. But what I'm really curious about is on the performances, <laughs> to be honest, because we're, we're thinking about, okay, can people do salsa performances <laughs> 
in their apartments, in their homes. And like, yeah. what does that look like? Because we Hitting want- the fan. Yeah, like we, we want to give them a Congress experience, right? And what's a Congress without performances and without, uh, we're also looking to recruit a really awesome MC to introduce them as well. But uh, I don't know. I don't know how the performances are going to work. Or, yeah, you know, if, if nothing Nobody else. Nobody has signed up for performances. Well, not yet. yet not yet. Either. But yeah. we figure, like, worst case, it'll be me and Rosanna doing the headline performance, <laughs> doing, like, the routine we did from our wedding, which is this cha-cha. <laughs> we'll we'll just do right? that. And, you know, that'll <laughs> be the performances. But I think, <laughs> I think we'll end up getting some talent. So, again, like, looking. Brave New World, I don't know how it's going to work. Um, but I know that when we've reached out to salsa instructors, they've been like like there's this general feeling that people want to participate and they want to help and they want to be proactive about these things and so when we've reached out to these instructors that's been the general sentiment is like this sounds really cool we want to be a part of it and um and, and so i think the more that people are trying these things and giving venues and mediums for people to participate and feel like they're not just sitting in their apartment but making a difference in a large way or a small way that's that's where I think we need to be as a society at this point. Absolutely, and um, this is this is probably going to sound very awkward um, that you're hearing this from me right now. Um, but as it turns out, Kobe Party is actually doing something pretty similar. Um, we we announced it uh, about a week ago, um, and it's it's actually called the Kobe Party Online Salsa Congress. Um, we we don't have exactly the same. Uh, type of um, very worthy goal that you have, Rosanna. Um, but I think we will, we should figure out how we can co collaborate and 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 uh, and support um, your GoFundMe because that's that's super uh, worthy. And um, we need to do what we can to pro uh, protect our first responders and you know the people who are on the front lines of this battle. But yeah, we um, we have the same idea, which is that all of the congresses have been canceled. Um, what what are all the instructors and DJs who would normally be uh, play, playing the spring Congress circuit going to do, and so you know, a couple of weeks ago, we our our team had brainstormed like, what would an online salsa Congress look like? Um, the one thing that we're we're not um, trying to figure out, um, and I I wish you guys the best of luck in figuring out, is the performance thing because um, it it seems like what we've been able to figure out a way to go from uh, like one DJ to another DJ. But to go and to go from maybe one dance class to another dance class, because you can set like time limits. But going, um, if you're using Zoom, I could see how you know people kind of jump in and leave um, when it's time for their performance. But that that seems pretty challenging to to coordinate. Yeah, well, uh, so I had heard about the, so that's not a surprise to me. I had heard about the Salsa Congress, and I thought it was a really cool idea. I didn't realize that. So, are you incorporating? Um, workshops into it like how are you going to do that what's that going to look like um so yeah we we are planning and this is the first time uh, we really we what we've been trying to do with kobe is um i think we we have a handle on like scheduling djs we know how to schedule djs we have we have a very large pool of djs to schedule from um but what we've noticed is that um, a lot of the people who are coming to participate in kobe party are either DJs or the DJs followers, right? As far as like listeners. Um, and um, we haven't had that much interaction with the dance teachers, although there are a few like crossover hybrids, like uh, Panayotis from uh, Greece, for example, an amazing dancer, and actually happened to be an amazing DJ. Um, Andres Giraldo John, and, and Johnny 
from Southeastern Paul, also great DJs and great dancers. So we have some some of these like you know double triple threats um, in the group, um, but we don't have um, you know Carol Flores is, is not there. Um, if you're listening, Carol, we'd love to have you. But you know it 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 is like a totally different world, right? Um, I know that the, the teachers are out there and they they really have to figure out you know how to make their living in this brave new world. Um, so yeah, we we've also you know uh, reached out to instructors and we have some lined up. Um, that we'll be announcing over the course. None of them are, are the same instructors that, that you guys have. So uh, yeah, yeah, that's great, man. But, um, I think that's, that's yeah, awesome. it, it is. I mean, and I, I figured it's just a matter of time, right? Before mm -hmm. all the all the all the other uh, Congress promoters who have probably lost massive amounts of money um, or are in, at risk of losing massive amounts of money, say, well, what can we do to, to turn to a, a digital only model? It's only a matter of time. So Definitely. Definitely. I think it's cool that, you know, both of, both of our teams are, are trying to figure out how to push the, push the, the scene forward in this brave new digital world and, yeah. and see what happens. Well, and to put a cap on that, one last thing is we were talking about, of course, it goes workshops, then it goes performances, then it goes dancing with the music. And at first I was thinking, oh, we, you know, we have to figure out how to recruit DJs. some DJs. And then Rosanna's like, well, just link them to the Kobe party. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So, so surprise, um, we're, we're planning on basically just promoting to uh, people who are coming to the Congress, listen, at, at so-and-so a time, go to Kobe party to get that music piece of the, the experience, go there, because these are way better DJs than we could ever recruit, and well, much better organized than we could ever organize sets to go through. So, um, so we're definitely going to be promoting you guys for, uh, for the Congress for that. So, um, yeah, definitely. You know, we should we should talk about um, what's the best way for us to um, to to work together here. Um, yeah. Can, can you just great? It's a great uh, cause that you guys are, are are driving for, and there's there's just so much energy that I mean, it, it, this actually happens quite a bit. I think in the world of salsa promotion in general, is that there there's a, a worry of like kind of it's a zero sum game. And like, yeah. you know, my, my, my gain is at, at your expense and, and vice versa. Um, whereas I think there, there is such a, a great opportunity for us to show that this is like a, an ever expanding and, 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 and vast audience that we can pull people in and get them involved in. Andres, did you want to say, sorry. I, I cut yeah. You can you stream the, um, the Kobe party into the, the Zoom International Salsa Congress? Uh, via a streaming software. They have open source streaming software like OBS, which is, that's what it stands for, yeah. open broadcast software. So then you would grab the, um, the, the Kobe stream and then put it into your Zoom stream so that you could just... Yeah. God, I knew it worked the other way around where I could stream from Zoom into Facebook, but I didn't mm -hmm. realize there was a, the, the other way worked as well. Huh, interesting. So one of the participants... Um, in the Zoom conference would be the, the Kobe DJ, whoever that is at that moment. Yeah, I'm, the, I'm guessing, the, the dancers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm guessing like the the Kobe. Um, you could either have like one shared account for the Kobe DJ, and then just have that one linked into the Zoom meeting, and then um, have the so the the Kobe the main Kobe DJ Zoom linked into the Zoom International Congress, and then over here you have the different DJs just coming in switching out. Wow. Got it. That's, that's interesting. 
I, I, I feel like there are so many features in Zoom that I have yet to learn. And I, I need to just dig into a bit more to see ways to optimize. So Andres, we may have to talk offline about that. I, my, my number one priority is not to get Zoom bombed because I've been hearing a lot about Zoom bombing yeah. going on. And I made sure to deactivate the videos <laughs> for the participants. I will not have pornography on, on the Salsa Congress. <laughs> will not be happening. Beyond that, I'm still learning. But uh, so I'm looking through the show notes. I, I think we're almost done here, but I want to go through a couple of things. One, who put in Virtual Mambo Friday? What's that about? Oh, that, that, that was me. So normally we have Mambo Friday, which is our, uh, our Friday night social. Um, and it was, Hawaii is like a very community-based area. So it was like our place to gather on Friday nights from 8 to 9. We taught our basic class. And then from 9 to 12, we, um, we just uh, we, we social danced. So what we tried doing just um, two days ago um, was that we would just go on Facebook Live and then do a kind of a, a shine set, you know, like um, like one person does a shine and then they add an eight count and then they do a shine. And meanwhile, we're live streaming it back to um, uh, to our Facebook group and uh, having people follow along, just kind of like if we were kind of getting together. And we did that for about a half an hour, and then um, and then and that was it. That was just a, a way for us to get together and have some fun there. Now we 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 did want to abide by like copyright laws and stuff like that. So. Um, so all we did was play like basic Montuno sounds, uh, clave sounds, and uh, and uh, stuff like that. Got it. Cool. And so, do you feel like the response was worthy enough to do it again? What What do you think? Yeah, I think I think just the fact that it was um, a little less structured than our online classes, where we have a set syllabus and stuff like that, and I got to you know just go on on air and make a fool of myself trying to teach a shine that I didn't really know, but. I had to I had to have my girlfriend tell me which count it was on, and you know it was a little bit embarrassing, but I'm sure it was entertaining enough for people at home who are just like tired of being in their homes. And, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. You know what this is a lot like is like when you when you're introduced to a new medium, people don't understand the medium at first, and not to say that you specifically, but like all of us don't understand, right? We're all trying to figure this out. So it's like you're a radio broadcaster, and all of a sudden TV comes around, and the first TV broadcasts were people sitting in front of their mics and speaking as if they were on the radio. They didn't, they didn't know how to use the medium. And eventually they started understanding, oh, we can make this like storytelling in the visual. We don't just have to say things. We can do things. We can have more cuts, right? Same thing like people are trying to figure out right now, virtual reality movies. Like what does that medium look like? And they're, they're using this paradigm of movies on AMC, big theaters. How does that shift over? And it feels like we're a couple of years away from really figuring out what the right interaction is on this new medium. Not that it's a new medium. We all get digital, but us as the Latin dance community, I've never really had to rely on it so heavily. And I'm really curious to see from this round of learning what this looks like a year from now. What kind of innovations come in a year from now? What different technologies we pull in to make that experience richer? I'm, I'm really curious to see. God, I hope we're not doing this here. <laughs> <laughs> when the vaccine, hopefully a vaccine I, will be developed. But if, if we are, then yes, I'm sure we will have figured out a lot of cool things. Well, I, I, I do some blogging in my day, and I wrote a blog a couple of years back about what does virtual reality salsa dancing look like. So I'll link Ooh. to that in the show notes. But I had many thoughts on the topic, and 
uh, haptic feedback, taptic feedback, and, and how you can have this feeling. I mean, we're not there yet, but you know, give this pandemic another year or two, there will certainly be I mean, a lot of efforts in place. A lot has happened in two weeks. Maybe yeah. it won't take a year. Maybe, you know, some yeah. people who are doing virtual reality stuff, but then the next week will be like, hey, guess what, guys? We've sped up our virtual reality. <laughs> Wasn't was this like a yeah. South Park episode? Wasn't there a South Park episode about this where like the parents went away for like a week and, and they devolved into like a Mad Max kind of society and then they came back oh and let's... Uh, okay. All right. Moving on. Moving on. Moving on. Okay, cool. Uh, uh, Andres, you added the stuff about the economic stimulus package. I think that's really important for any studio owners or friends of studio owners that are listening to this. What, what do you know? I know a few things about this because we've been dealing with this with, with my own business as well that's not related to salsa. But what are your thoughts on this stimulus package that came out and how studio owners can take advantage of it? Okay, so uh, I, I definitely kept up with like the legislation and when Congress is going through it and I, I read the, the bills as they were being reviewed and then I finally read the, the final one and then I got some, some external takes on some, um, uh, from some uh, American Dental Association on what they were doing with their businesses and then kind of coupled it with what we were doing. But uh, bottom line, the, the economic injury disaster loan um, now covers uh, the pandemic as an, as an economic disaster. So all small businesses, you know, if you meet the small business guidelines, whatever those requirements are, you should go and apply for it. Um, it goes up to $2 million. And uh, the first 25K uh, is without collateral. And you can check a box when you're filling out the application so that you get a $10,000 grant uh, upfront and it should be deposited into your business bank account within about three days. So that's all small businesses. Um, and then the paid check protection program is kind of what the bill is trying to do is make sure that businesses keep employees on payroll. So if they had to drop the employees then get them back in there and continue their payroll and uh, there's parts about, um, you know, forgiving the loan if it was strictly used for payroll purposes um, or forgiving that part of the loan if it was used for payroll services. And um, however, that one's not as great if the teachers are paid on 1099s as opposed to W-2s. But uh, I definitely encourage um, all small businesses out there to go through the SBA, get the EIDL first, and then go to their a local lender and ask about the Paycheck Protection Program. Yeah, Paycheck Protection Program is one that we're looking into. And you're right, it's, it's well, it, it does qualify for independent contractors as well as employees, but it's more geared towards employees. But, mm -hmm. but the, the independent contractor side, I imagine a lot of Salsa Studio owners are independent contractors that don't have employees. I just get that sense that they're probably not going to go through and have a lot of employees on payroll. But my understanding is that it can work for you if you are a self-employed independent contractor with no employees, you can still benefit from that paycheck protection plan. So I, I think at this point, if you can get a hold of your accountant, whoever does your taxes or go on to Upwork and recruit an accountant if you don't have one, uh, having a conversation with your accountant at this point in time is worth it. The funds are not unlimited, so the sooner you apply, the better. There is talk about it being uh, expanded 
But as far as this first go round, I think we have two or 300 billion to work from. And if there's more of a need, hopefully they'll expand, but there are already rumors of this running out by Monday or Tuesday. So the other thing is that not all banks are accepting the PPP uh, plan yet. So you can't just go to any bank right now and submit. There are a few, yeah. I found a uh, first home bank is one that is accepting an application. Uh, it seems that besides that first home bank one, the ones that I've seen are basically prioritizing their own clients first. So you need to have, if you have a banking relationship with your bank, ideally a deposit account that is like a checking account, as well as some kind of a lending account, a loan, even a credit card, they're going to give priority to those people first. So you should go to your primary bank where you may have those relationships, see what they can do, because likely as any other banks are going to be prioritizing their own clients first as well. Okay. Great. So check it out. Again, we're not lawyers. We're not accountants. We don't play them on the internet. Check it out for yourself. Um, okay. Now it, uh, we got a couple other things here. Andres, I'll give you the floor for a sec if you want to talk about things to keep you entertained or busy. Do we, do we have any specific thoughts on that? Yeah. Um, if you live with a couple of people, just uh, come up with silly games and I'm sure you'll be more entertained than you ever thought you will be just by uh, playing some like patty cake game or something like that. Um, yeah, we found, we found a couple of games here that, that we played and we just kept ourselves giggling for a couple of hours because um, that's what you resort to when you don't really have a lot to do. Yeah. Yeah, it really brings me back to pre-internet days. I used to play this mm -hmm. game where you'd, you'd put tape on the ground and you'd ha blow up a balloon and you'd play balloon volleyball. And it was a lot of fun. It was a lot oh, le less fun with hardwood floors, more fun with carpeting. But uh, <laughs> you, you can be you can be really creative with this stuff, man. So yeah, I totally totally agree. You look at some of the videos coming out on Facebook. We featured a couple of these last week on people making their own salsa uh, uh, follows, right? Oh, follows, like yeah. you had a skeleton. You had mm -hmm. this volleyball. like like a volleyball head with a stick in it on a yeah. on a on a, a chair's roller wheels, right? Like, and, and then there was a dude just dancing in the mirror with his hands, like right against the mirror and back rocking. So it, back. it looked like he was dancing with a partner cumbia. too. Oh, it was Kumbi. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, for the people who didn't know last week. Yeah. Yeah. The, we did discover that was Kumbia. <laughs> like, is that salsa? Is that Kumbia? Uh, so um, I, I did want to end with, oh, well, l let's talk about that in just a sec, Andres. But I did want to end with a couple of memes before we do the roundup. So the memes, let me go ahead and share my screen here so that if there's any audio involved, uh, you guys can hear this too. Okay, so I picked up a couple memes. If you have any to add, go for it. But I have found myself getting really into the memes as of late. I don't know about you guys, but uh, this first one, if you're looking at it, uh, <laughs> it, it, it says, uh, I think about those times often, dot, dot, dot. This is from Salil. Salil's always got the great ones. Uh, but it's this guy, this this disheveled-looking man with a big beard, patchy clothes, holes in his jeans. It looks like a homeless. Yeah. Okay, I mean, if you want to stereotype, I don't here. see it. You, you don't sure see you're it? Sharing it. You're sharing it properly. Share, share. Uh, Hong, do you see it? Um, I, not on the Zoom. Oh, oh no. I see it. Oh, now there we go. Okay, there you go. Okay, cool. Yeah. So disheveled guy with his, his young son and his wife 
And uh, the guy is saying, in the before times, we had socials and dance classes, and these places called congresses. And, and the wife is like, Steve, it's been a week. <laughs> but this is funny because it's also a bit true, right? This, yeah. this has only been going on like a month, and it feels like a whole lot longer for people who dance on the regular. So. For me, at times, this felt like it's gone by really <laughs> Like I said, well, people okay. say, Two weeks ago, I was doing this. I'm like, oh my God, it's already been two weeks since that last post. Yeah, it's kind of weird how time works in situations like these. It, it mm-hmm. works really fast in some ways and really slow in other ways. Uh, on the other hand, it, it is almost amazing with everything that we know um, about coronavirus now that, um, you know, for better or for worse, there were places that were still open and encouraging people to come out, you know, um, and I'm like, yeah, that, that wasn't so good. So um, yeah. also <laughs> not a fun reminder of, of the before times. But. <laughs> well, I, I went to a social maybe three weeks ago and I was actually a little surprised that she let me go. I was a little surprised that Sunday social was, in Tampa. Go, yeah, I, I was like, go. man, this is probably, I was already thinking this is probably going to be my last what did chance I, oh, I was like, make sure dance. you wash your hands. Yeah, I was just like, I'll wash my hands. I'm not going to touch my yeah, face. Yeah. And I went and it was great dancing, but my gosh, that place was packed. It was, it was like a it's foot between each, each person. It was so busy. Oh, wow. Uh, and, but, but I knew I was like, this might be the last chance I have to dance with people in a long time. So yeah, I had to do it. And I was very careful with my hands, but, you know, yeah, I, we talked about this on last week, too. It's like it, it was a tough position back then where you don't have guidance from your state, local or federal government on whether to cancel these things. And you're talking about their livelihood and they have commitments with spaces. And sometimes they're on the hook for a decent amount of money there, too. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I still am up in the air on I can't say what, what I would do because I wasn't in their position. But it's a tough position to be in for these people who rely on this income coming in every week, but at the same time, yeah, I mean, if we knew where it was going then, if I know, if I knew then what I knew now, I would have urged them to cancel it, but hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah. yeah, sure. I mean, I don't think everyone knew at the time, you know, uh, just how, you know, A, bad, bad things were going to get, and B, um, the extent to which, uh, you know, people who are asymptomatic could could help spread which yep. is uh, a scary thought yep all right i know this is supposed to be a fun, funny meme then we get <laughs> nah, that's okay no worries uh the the last one here that i got let's see if this wants to load okay so going in the put, yeah. oh yeah let me wait, how do i Okay. Aprendí del mundo y de las mujeres que más vale un filete compartido que un chimi para mi solito. ¿Sabes? Más vale un filete compartido. Chimi para mi solito. Más vale un filete compartido. Chimi para mi solito. Okay, magazine. Choose something, but I don't know. 
I'm, I'm just glad it was Dominican bachata and not sensual bachata. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay. And with that, uh, we're going to wrap things up. So, uh, Andres, first of all, for listeners, what would you like to impart on them as we exit here today? If they want to get a hold of you, what's a good way to get a, get a hold of you? Yeah. Um, well, just uh, look for infinitymovementstudio.com and uh, we'll look, we'll, uh, we have our classes there. You'll have our link to the GoFundMe there if you can. Um, you can share that or donate if you, if you are able. Um, but do check out our classes. We do have our April Shines Challenge. We have one for salsa and one for bachata. So about eight classes of those, of each of those left so that we can come together probably virtually at the end of April and, uh, and see if everyone got it. Um, yeah. And is the GoFundMe that is to keep the studio open or what is that going to? That is to pay for rent for the studio because it has not been uh, canceled yet. So we are still on the hook for rent, even though we can't technically go there and have people inside. Got it. Got it. Okay. That, that sounds like an important cause and a good cause for our listeners. I'm going to link to that in the uh, in the podcast listing. So look out for that link. And what's this matching grant about for that? Uh, GoFundMe. So every small business is encouraged to, um, to start a GoFundMe for um, COVID-19 related economic injury. Uh, and the GoFundMe will match $500 once you have $500 deposited or donated from other sources. It's like their way of vetting people uh, to make sure that they're actually going out and trying to get uh, donations from their own kind of followers. And then GoFundMe matches $500. So I encourage all small businesses to go out and do that. Fantastic. Great. And Hong, what would you like to leave our guests with? Uh, any links, any upcoming congresses, perhaps? Uh, anything else you'd like to, them to know or ways they can get a hold of you? For sure. Um, the the epicenter of the activity is happening on Co-Beat Party on Facebook. So if you just type in Co-Beat Party, um, all in one word, you'll find the Facebook group and you'll find most likely a live DJ, depending on the hour of the day. Um, I'm, I'm on there uh, most hours that I'm awake um, uh, when I'm not at work or I'm just kind of checking in on the side. And we are doing our um, online uh, salsa event on uh, April 18th and 19th. That's uh, a week from this Saturday and Sunday. Um, and we'll have uh, more things to share on, on the group um, in the coming days. So uh, come and check it out. And, uh, and then uh, we hope to have you guys interact with us and the DJs, and um, as, especially as we start to pivot uh, more to um, trying to get the dance community involved uh, more and more. Um, I expect you'll we'll see a lot more stuff that kind of uh, relates to um, uh, what you guys are working on. Perfect. And Rosanna, what would you like to leave our guests with uh, information-wise, contact-wise? What would you like them to know? Um, they can get a hold of me through Facebook. Uh, Rosanna Lester Castellucci is the name. I think I'm open for messages for you um, or through the This Week in Salsa because you know, I look at that and you know support the Congress. Hopefully we'll have a great turnout and looking forward to sharing that with everybody. 
Great. And uh, lastly, one last question for you. So of the three of us, who would you say is the best dancer? <laughs> Again, hmm, I think all of you guys dance very good and I enjoy all dances. Notice the question was different though. It wasn't who have you had the best dance know, with, it's who the best. Okay. I noticed, right. I noticed. Moving on. Anyway, <laughs> thank you everyone for sticking this far in the episode. We appreciate it. Stay in touch. Facebook.com slash This Week in Salsa. Check us out on Apple, Spotify, Overcast. We're launching through Anchor.fm. But we're on all the podcasts. You can contact me directly slash Rob J. Cast on Twitter, on the Facebook. I think there are some other platforms too. I think that's mine on Instagram too. Honestly, I don't do Instagram a whole lot, but you can do that as well. That works. Leave feedback on the show. Give us a five-star rating uh, for, for the podcast. Those really help with more people finding out about us. You can leave feedback as well about things you like, things you didn't like. If you have recommendations for an upcoming guest, this podcast is not meant to be people who are the most knowledgeable in the salsa in the Latin dance community. It's just people who are in the community. So if you want to be on the podcast, if you know someone who is highly opinionated and you think would make a great guest on the podcast, let us know about that. We'd be happy to talk with them. We run this every week on Sunday. And um, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, get a hold of me. Otherwise, we appreciate it. Stay safe out there. Maintain your social distance. Look out for those online congresses. Uh, go support your local salsa uh, events, your salsa organizers through GoFundMe, through online classes, however else you can support them through this rough time. Thank you very much. And again, I still don't have a good sign off. So I'm going to continue by saying see you on the dance floor. I'll come up with something better next week. See you guys. Okay. Zoom.